part two of the um, of Shavuot. In essence, just to recap the story, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Shemaim to go and receive the Torah. The angels, in a very belligerent way, stop him from coming. The Akadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, protects him, but it says to him, he must give them a reason why he should be able to take the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu explains that they don't need the Torah because the Torah contains mitzvot, mitzvot are this worldly things, things that we that that need to be done. Mitzvah kibbut avaim, the mitzvah of. Uh, of, of understanding that Hashem took it out of Mitzrayim, they were never in Mitzrayim, the Malachim. So there's a whole way that Moshe Rabbeinu is able to convince the Malachim that Hashem should give him the Torah. And Hashem gives him the Torah. The question that we have to ask is why is it that the Malachim were so um, concerned about giving Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah? So it seems to be that uh, there are numerous sources that explain to us that the Torah itself as we understand it, is a, is a book. The way we see it, the way we, we engage with it, we engage with it simply as a book. But uh, the Ramban, as an example, in his, in his commentary to the Torah, what he explains is that the Torah, if we would take out all the, the gaps between letters and between words and the paragraphing, then actually it would be a long string of letters. And that long string of letters really is the unbroken chain consisting of the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of Hashem himself. So these uh, names really are the essence of Hashem, they're the essence of divine wisdom, they're the essence of every level of creation. Um, and therefore, the, 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 the Malachim did not want to release this complete spiritual um, idea into the world. That's what they were worried. This is something that is so esoteric. This is something that's so difficult to understand. How could it possibly, in any way, shape, or form, benefit mankind? So Moshe Rabbeinu goes up, and at that point, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up, and he's, and he's speaking to the Malach, and the, the angels are shouting at him, they don't want him to take it. He says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what's in the Torah? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a completely different take from the Malachim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's take on what's in the Torah is that what's in the Torah is not just a string of names, but what's in the Torah is what we call mitzvahs, what we call relationships. That's what's there. When, I, when a Kodesh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu, the first mitzvah is, Hashem Mitzrayim, what is, which means, I am Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim, what he's saying to him is that what's really sitting in the, uh, the Torah is, firstly, a thing about relationships. It's about, about understanding that I, Hashem, love you, B'nai Yisrael, and I took you out of Mitzrayim, and I want you to have a relationship with me, and I want you to recognize it, and I want you to acknowledge it. I took you out of Mitzrayim. There's a certain level of gratitude. There's a certain level of thanks. There's a certain level of simple indebtedness, in a way, that we have to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's number one, but not only that. There are also just mitzvahs. And so what happens is, Moshe Rabbeinu's, um, response to the Malachim is that he says to the Malachim, whilst you're only seeing the spirituality of the Torah, what I'm, able, what I'm being told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that uh, it's not only spirituality, not only um, lofty spirituality, but rather it's spirituality based out of this world of Asiya, the world of doing, the world of, act of action. So, um, obviously, the Malachim are worried about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Obviously, the Malachim are totally spiritual. Obviously, they're worried about the spirituality of Hashem. And they are, they are therefore, to a certain degree, closer 
to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And for them, the world of, 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 of physicality is totally distant from them. And they don't really know at this point in time the relationship that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has with the physical because they're not in that. They're not, they're, they haven't yet been engaged with that. So comes along HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, you're different from the Malachim. I want you to come. They, you're worried about them, that they're going to burn you up but, but, with, with, their, with the fire of their breath if you speak to them. You come and you hold on to my kisay I covered. Hold on to my throne. And can you imagine the, uh, the, the, the looks of how aghast they were when they saw this flesh and blood, this physicality, holding on to the throne of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Because they'd never done that. Because the Malachim had never been able to grasp on the physical throne of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because that's, that's not what they can do. Because it is through our ability to overcome our physical um, desires, overcome our physicality and use it for spiritual purpose, that we're actually enabled to reach even a higher level than the angels, to the extent that we're able to hold on to the Kisah covered, which the angels can never do. Because when we hold on to the Kisah covered, what we are, the, the, the Hashem's great throne, what we're really doing is we're showing we have a certain level of partnership and a certain level of working together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whereas the Malachim are the Malachia Sharet. They are the angels that have to do service. They serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We also serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we're also partners with HaKadosh Baruch Hu as, uh, himself. And therefore, what we see is that uh, when, the, when, um, when the angels go up when the angels, sorry, prevent Moshe Rabbeinu from taking the Torah, they're talking it from a spiritual point of view. When Moshe Rabbeinu responds to them, he's talking from a physical point of view. And once we understand that, we can actually understand that there, is, uh, there are two psukim that refer to the Chagim. The one, the one pasuk refers to, to, to the Chag as a Chag, as it says in, um, in Dvarim, speaks about the fact that the Chag is focused on Hashem. Whereas there's another uh, Pasuk, which is a Pasuk in Bamidbar, which focuses the Chag on being for us, for the human beings. So the one opinion is that um, we need to combine the two. That there needs to be Chatzin Hashem and Chatzin Hashem. Half must be for Hashem and half must be for us. The other opinion says, no, that's crazy. How can that possibly be? Either you do it either totally for spirituality, for Hashem, or you do it for physicality. The Gemara notes okay, that uh, the exception to this debate is the Chag of Shavuot. Because HaKol Modim Ba'atzeret. Everybody agrees that on Shavuot, the Ba'in and Nami Lachem, you need not only a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it can't only be focused on Hashem, it also has to be focused on the, on, on, on the human being's needs, my timer, why? Yom Shinit Nabot Torah Israel. Because that was the day that the Torah was given to Israel. What does it mean? That's the day that the Torah was given to Israel. It would seem to be that. It should be a spirit, an unbelievably spiritual experience. And yes, it should be. And it must be. However, if we understand... That it's the day that the Torah is given to Yisrael because it's the day in which Moshe Rabbeinu was able to show that the need for Torah, the need for Torah, not the treasure of Torah, but the need for the treasure for Torah, 
is in the physical world, is in the world in which we live, is in the world of Ahaftalarecha Kamocha, it's the world of Kabele Taviche, in the world of be careful who you, uh, uh, don't kill anybody, be careful who you desire, be, care, be, be careful not to take Hashem's name in vain, and be careful to remember and to have gratitude for the fact that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. That's what the, the special day is. So that's, having said that, what makes the day so special of Shavuot is that we call it um, the way uh, the Gemara tells us in Tanit is that it's Yom Chatunato. It's the day of the wedding of the Jewish people to the Ribbon Shalera. That's really what this day is. And because that is the case, many of uh, the Minhagim, say the, the, the Sfarim HaKadosh, the Holy Books, many of the Minhagim that we have of our chasanas, of our weddings, are actually based somewhere in Matan Torah. So as an example, the... Uh, the, they write that, you know, when the bride surrounds the groom and goes round and round, that reminds us of the fact that Bnei Israel was surrounded the mountain. Um, the fact that we break a glass is, is, is reminiscent of the breaking of the Luchot. And, uh, and so on and forth, so forth and, the many, and the many things that we do. But we need to understand, what do we do at a wedding? So it's a beautiful thing to go to a wedding, right? What we do at a wedding, we go... And we, 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 we welcome the color and everybody's happy and everybody's joyful and everybody's, everybody's part of this beautiful simcha. But who are we at this? Who are we on Shavuot? We are the color. And we are the color. What does the color do on Shavuot? Do you know the color doesn't Shavuot? It doesn't. And you look at, uh, at, at the weddings and how beautiful it is, and very often even non-from weddings, we find that uh, the, 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 the colors are educated to daven, and the chosen davens, and people daven, and it's all about a deep relationship with our Kodesh Baruch So therefore, what we see from this is that the day of Shavuot is a day not only of learning, it's a day of tefillah. What's a day of tefillah? What does it mean that it's a day of tefillah? It means that it's a day of introspection, number one. But it's also a day of, um, of metamorphosis. It's a day of change. It's a day on which, as, as one would have on a wedding, it's a day where things have become totally different. And explains the Swas Emes that really the day, of, um, the day of Shavuot is the day on which the Torah and the spirituality, the Ruchnis of the year to come, is decided for a person. So how do we get the more ruchnius than more ruchnius? How do we get this additional spirituality that we may want, that we may des- need, that may we desire? So says the um, uh, the Torah that when Moshe Rabbeinu went to um, was speaking to our Kaddish Baruch and our Kaddish Baruch told him that he must go to. Uh, um, he must go to Mitzrayim and tell them what was going to happen. It says lecha. He says the word lecha. He must go, uh, go, uh, must, for him lecha. Now normally the word lecha is spelt lamed chaf hay. So lamed chaf. But in the Torah it's spelt lamed chaf hay. So when it speaks about him going to Mitzrayim and in Mitzrayim there there will be the opportunity to take Bnei Israel out of Mitzrayim and take them out of Mitzrayim will then take them up to um, up to this mountain the mountain which uh, 
which where they'll get the Torah. It uses the word, it says, Lamed Chaf Hay. Why does it have the extra Hay? So the uh, Swarim tell us that the reason is the extra Hay is, is there to point out that there will be five specific days um, in the year that will come before Matan Torah, that those five specific days are there for preparation. What are those five specific days? Those are the days between Rosh Chodesh and, uh, and Shabbat itself. And those days are what we're in right now. And so these days are the days of preparation, like you would have preparation for a wedding. And you prepare, you do things, you get the flowers, you get the dress, you get all things. But most importantly, you prepare physically, emotionally, spiritually, in order to be able to be Makabal Torah, to accept the Torah on this incredible day. And really, it's, uh, it's the Chag Hagadol. It's the Chag Hagadol of the Jewish people. And... Um, and it's because it's the Chag Agadol, this great Chag, it's something that we, should, uh, that we should remember. That the Shoresh of our Torah, of the whole year, Shoresh HaTorah Shal Kol Hashana, says Asras Emes, is based on this day. And how do we, um, and how, what are we supposed to do with that? And perhaps the most important lesson that we can do with it is to find why it is that Yitro, Parshat Yitro, is the Parsha in which... Um, the Torah speaks about the giving of the Torah. So let's try and understand. Who was Yitro? Yitro was an unbelievable human being. Yitro was a man who was so totally um, sucked into Avodah Zarah. Totally. He had, according to the, to, the, uh, to the Midrashim, he served every single Avodah Zarah that, he knew, that, that was existent at that time. Every single type of idol he bowed down to, he was so sucked into it. And then it says, Vayishma Yitro, then he heard what happened, and he completely changed. He changed and became connected to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. So why is it in Yitro? Because that's appropriate for us. It's something that we should be able to do, is to be able to, no matter where, how far we may be, we, can, we should be able to turn around and become part of the... Um, of the, uh, of, the uh, of, of, of coming back to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. But what's fascinating is that um, we're going to go back right to the beginning of the eating of Milchiks. Because Yitro is indicative of something amazing. Yitro is indicative of the fact that you can be something and you can change. And in your change, there is benefit and there is greatness. So let's take this halav that we eat. Let's take this milk that we eat. You know, milk is an amazing property. The, um, by the Hasidim, they say that the thing about milk is the following, is that milk is the only drink that once it goes off, okay, normally a drink that goes off, uh, it's called, in, in Hebrew, say, machmitz, it, it goes sour. Once it goes sour, so then that's it. Shalom al Yisrael, you chuck it out and you move on and you try something else. But milk is different. Because when milk goes a little bit sour, you can make cheese out of it, you can make sour milk out of it, machu, right, whatever it's called. Um, the, uh, you, you make yogurt out of it, you know. The fact that it went sour and it moves from, from its original point to something else in many ways actually enhances it. And so that's the thing about us as we go into Shavuot is to recognize that, that, that we are the milk, that we are the milk, but we mustn't stay the milk. We must allow ourselves to be imbued with something different on this Shavuot. Must allow ourselves to be imbued with Torah, must allow ourselves to be imbued with new ideas. And in those new ideas, perhaps like Yitro, we also need to change. We need to change. Perhaps like 
the Torah that the, the Malachim had, there needs to be new gaps and new spaces inside that. And as those changes happen, and as those gaps cre- are created, then instead of creating this completely spiritual thing, this thing that is just uh, far out there, but rather it becomes something that we can really engage with, so too like the milk, that the milk becomes cheese, becomes yogurt, becomes all these things that enhance our table. So should the Torah, should enhance our lives, and our Shavuot should be a day filled with simcha, with joy, and with connection. I wish you all a Chag Sameach.